Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That episode. I'm Victoria. And I'm Trev. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 1 of Sex and the City, titled Sex and the City, which aired on June 6, 1998. I was so happy watching this episode. Me too, honestly. I, I had a it. smile on my face from start to finish. And like, like we could get into like our relationship with Sex and the City. This is like one of my ultimate comfort shows. Me too. And we kind of talked about it a little, like... A little while ago, like yeah. maybe a, maybe a couple weeks ago, of just like most people put on like Friends or The Office or like yeah. Seinfeld, which like sometimes I put those shows on too. But yeah. like usually if I'm like having a glass of wine and folding laundry or just like bored on a rainy day or like in bed sick, this I'm putting this on more yeah. often than not. One hundred percent. I I just love watching. It just makes me so happy. I love these characters so much. Me too. And Even I love the annoying. drama. I love the comedy. I love the, the like, rela- I love, I like that it's relationship heavy, honestly. Sometimes yes. other shows, like, focus too much on, like, just other stuff, random stuff that doesn't really matter as much. But, like, pe- seeing people in relationships, whether they're, like, regular platonic friendships or just, like, personal relationships, sexual relationships, like, it just, it's much more compelling to me. And I think that's why this show just it has such a stronghold on me i agree i think you and i are also like we're when we're watching something we're much more character driven yeah than like plot driven a lot of the time like that's what really gets us into something which is why Mm -hmm. i think we love shows like Grey's anatomy and gilmore girls where it's like it's it's about the characters exactly and sex and the city slots in with that like so well perfectly because they the character building in this show is so strong like these characters I mean, I felt like, honestly, anybody could just come into this show for the very first time, watch this pilot, and get an understanding of who they are. A 100% like, perfect sense of each character. I have watched this single episode, this pilot episode, too many times to count, both like as parts of rewatch. Like, obviously, every time I rewatch the show, I watch the pilot. Yeah. But even just generally, I'll be like, let me just, I'll just put this I'll on. I'll just pop it and on. I'll, yeah, I'll just pop it on. And it's like... Every single time I watch it, I catch something slightly different or like I pay attention to something different when that just comes from rewatching the same show or episode yes. of the show too many times. But at the same time, like there's certain things that I watch that I'm like, that was perfectly set up or like that was the perfect way that they could have shown us that. And oh God, I think the strongest character building in this pilot is definitely Samantha and Charlotte. Yes. And I'm curious what you think. I agree. I think I'm uh, I think we get a good sense of Carrie. For sure. She's good. A good sense, but yeah. it's she's she's more amorphous than the rest. Like she's she changes the most. Yeah. I would say she has from complexities. episode to ep- Yeah, where the rest of them are more just archetypes. Yeah. Miranda is like not a character in this episode. You know what frustrates me about Miranda is that in this episode in particular, she's set up to be this like harsh, cold businesswoman type. Yeah. And like later on, obviously, we get to her insecurities and we understand she's actually a deeply vulnerable person. Yeah. When she feels like she can be with a certain person. Totally. 
But like, we don't get that in this episode. No. We just get snarky, harsh, cold business executive. And she just doesn't seem fun. Not at all. We're like, what is she doing with these women? We're like, like, she does not seem to fit with them at all. Even Charlotte is so of her set in her ways. And we see that throughout the episode. I agree. But we yeah. get a good sense that she's like an engaging person to be around and like fun where Miranda's just like, she's, I'm confused about what she's necessarily bringing to the table in the first episode because she's so vitriolic. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a toxicity to her that doesn't seem like it'd be fun to go out and get drinks with. Where even Samantha's, like, she's fun, again, set in her ways. Right. And, but we, again, we get a full, well, she's a well-rounded character. I think Kim Cattrall, and this is, like, just how I feel about the whole show, I think Kim Cattrall's the best actress of the four of them. Yeah. Honestly, she, she really nailed her character yeah. perfectly to a T. There's not a single episode that I can think of where I was like, um, I'm not sure about that delivery or like, oh, she seemed kind of off here. Like, or where no. she feels she, out of character or like out of step with something she would do. She's always Samantha Jones. But I will say all the, uh, I will say this too, though. Part of that is the writing. And yes. at this current stage in time with oh the God, whole yes. Writers Guild strike, we need to commend the writers. Thank God for them. Thank Genuinely. God for them. We and would not have Samantha Jones without them. It's been so exciting to see so many, so much on-screen personality, like, yeah, standing with them. Like, I know the yeah. Lisa and Walter clip is going, like, super viral. Mother. And all of the, like, uh, Jay Leno was handing stuff out at picket lines and being supportive. and All the people from Hacks were there, except for Jean, but Jean just had heart surgery. Yeah, so, so like, she has a good reason. Yeah. But no, it's been really exciting to see people standing in solidarity and, like, the all other the people from entertainment Abbott. unions. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, so like it's a huge it's a huge thing to the writer or to the writers of this show and like I think this episode is written by Darren Starr and like a lot mm. of them are. Mm. Most episodes are either Darren Starr or like Mike, Michael Patrick King. Yeah. Like randomly it'll be someone else, but it's Frankly, they nailed it. Yeah, they nailed, they nailed it. it. It was just perfect from start to finish. I I really have very few notes on this show. We'll get into what my notes, my few notes are. Yes. Not for the pilot, but just in general about the show. Like, I can obviously criticize it. I don't have as much critique as maybe a show like Grey's or Glee, where it's like, okay, sometimes they do things that rub me the wrong way or just don't sit well with me as a fan of the show. But for Sex and the City, it's very few and far in between. Because I think another thing that we really get in Sex and the City that we don't necessarily get with those other shows that we've done in the past, even Gilmore Girls, is... um, I don't think any of these characters are trying to be quote unquote good people. Yeah. They're They're just just, who they are. They're just realistic people. Agreed. They do stupid shit. They cheat. They're rude. They fight with their friends. It all feels so real. And it's not even that I would say unapologetic because that's not true. Like there are moments where they do shitty things and then they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And it just makes for such good TV, you know? Yes. We don't want to see these characters be perfect. We want to, like, we want to feel them suffer a little bit and go through real things that we've gone through and do shit that we've gone through. Honestly, when I honestly, when I started to get old enough to understand Carrie... Oh, yeah. As I've gotten older. I truly, truly, truly feel so much, like 
I, I feel like she's a kindred spirit. That's how I, I agree. feel about Carrie. I think that one of the reasons that Carrie has been such an enduring protagonist, where you watch, you look at any list or any time people talk about TV, Carrie Bradshaw comes up. She's an it's I- just an inevitability. She's an iconic main character. She really is. The, and I usually hate the main characters yes, of the show. She's I a, usually do. She's the, she is the it girl of main she characters. Is. And yep. the reason she's so intriguing and enduring is because she's not likable a lot of the time. Yeah, most people hate her. She's not, like... And even when she's doing something stupid or unlikable, you're kind of still on her side. Honestly, people have been talking about her on TikTok lately, and I... You know me, I always screw the, scroll through the comments of, yeah. a, of a TikTok or a YouTube video. I'm always in a comment section. Yeah, it's true. And, and one thing that, like, a lot of the TikTokers are... are always saying about her is like the older I got the more I realized Carrie is absolutely the problem Carrie sucks I hate Carrie Carrie this Carrie that and it's like she was never meant to be like this perfect yeah, character I, who you love like she's I love her good, because I understand her but like my that's favorite, not gonna be the case I relate to Carrie in not any of her good traits yeah I relate to Carrie because it's like oh you know what she would she do, when she does something selfish i can see myself doing it yeah or like i understand where she's coming yeah. from or i or I, I like listen to her say something and i'm like i've had that exact same thought and she is so fucked up for thinking that and so was i but honestly that was real of but her she's that so, was real she's just confident she's so confident in herself that she just says it or does it she she doesn't like she doesn't hold back for the sake of other people i would say 9 times out of 10 i mean obviously there are scenarios where like these things aren't a hundred percent, but she's so, she puts herself first in a lot of ways that I find endearing, even if I don't agree with. She's very true to herself. Yes. And when she, when she feels something, she lets herself feel it 99% of the time. And I would not say that she's outspoken. Like I would say Samantha is outspoken. And I would say maybe, I would say Miranda is outspoken. Carrie is a little bit more, diplomatic she yeah she has more she has more sides to her than the rest of the characters do at the beginning at least we get that a lot in her voiceovers like if you listen to some of the shit carrie says in her voiceovers she'll say something in the scene and then in the voiceover she'll be like but i didn't i really didn't at all i went home and cried about it that night yeah or like some shit like that you know she she kind of relatable that's why people like that's why people like watching the show is because She's relatable. Even if you hate her, you're like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I think I think mm-hmm. hating Carrie is like passe. Hating Carrie is a red flag for me. If you hate Carrie, you're definitely not going to like me. So just don't interact with because me. Because I just don't think she's a... I think she's a selfish person. And I think she's a stupid person at times. But I don't see malice in her actions. Yeah, I think she's just a normal human being who fucking makes mistakes and lets her heart... This is the kind of shit that happens when you let your heart guide you. She's, and I, yeah, she's very much like anti... Anti-intellectual a lot of the time. A lot of like, the time, but also I think like looking at like the newer people, the newer, the younger generation watching Sex in the City, she is like the antithesis of what Gen Z wants in a protagonist. Yeah. She's so true. sex forward. She's so like... In she's the, so... She serves cunt. Honestly, she serves if we're cunt. gonna If we're gonna, if we're gonna use their lingo... 
if we're going to use their lingo, we have to say this. She serves cunt. Carrie and walks around. She even did it. And this is the first episode on TV where a woman spills the contents of her purse. A man picks it up for her and hands her um, like 70 it's condoms. It's fucking iconic. And it's in fucking this iconic. Episode, and she's a mess. She's a hot mess. She's trash. We she see is her, literally trashy. We see her have these multitudes and these like conflicting ideas because she is like, and we'll get into the episode at like eventually, um, where she is having sex with this guy that's treated her like shit in the past and she's doing it just for doing it. And then when he is like, oh my God, finally we're on the same page. She changes her mind. She feels differently about it. She's like, ew, fuck that. He's actually happy that I treated him like shit. Forget it. I'm not doing that again. I think there's a, I think a, a critique of Carrie a lot of the time is that she doesn't, she doesn't have the growth that people expect of her. And I think that is a hundred percent inaccurate. I think Carrie grows a lot throughout the series. I think she just doesn't always, what is the word, what is the way I'm looking for? She grows, she changes, she has, gains more self-respect for, uh. Listen, this is what it is. She has core aspects of her identity and personality that are never going to change. She shows growth in some areas and not in others. And the parts where she doesn't grow make people mad. But honestly. I love her for that. This is going to cause a fight. Between us? No, just in general with the listeners, because people are going to be like, she was deeply wrong for that. But this is just my opinion. I don't think that people are as capable of change as other people want them to be. I agree. Like, I think people really, and the minute you start wanting to change someone. You don't love them. You don't love them. And not only, not, okay, wait. Unless they're like, I would say. Okay, I think there ahead. are scenarios that, with that where it's like wanting to change someone for the better when they're like hurting themselves or something like yes. that. Like that's not what we're and talking that's not about. what we're talking about. We're talking about if there's a core part of somebody's personality. Like let's say let's just use like Big Mouth as an example because I have a big mouth. Same. I have a big mouth. I speak what is on my mind. I say what's on my mind. I rarely, rarely ever hold back for yes. the sake of protecting someone else's feelings like sometimes i'll do it but only for like because it would be disingenuous my grandma or like my sisters or like somebody like that where it's like i don't really feel the need to hurt this person right now so i'm just gonna hold what i'm saying yes. like i'm just gonna not say that but like for the most part if it's like low stakes i'll just let shit fly oh yeah if somebody wanted to change that about me they couldn't genuinely and if you try to change that about me, <laughs> then you don't love me for who I am because yes, that's just, that that's a, never going to change. I agree. And I think that's a big thing that we see in Carrie and Big's relationship. Yes. Is oh my God. He wants her to be the perfect woman and she so is not. And he should have noticed that on day one. She wants him to change too. Yeah. The whole crux of their relationship is how much they love each other, but they want the other to change for them, which is yeah. just like... And I would say that something bad. we see in this show specifically, we don't ever see Charlotte and Harry have that. I Although, you know what's weird? I was literally thinking this the other day. Big wants Charlotte as a, yes. as a wife. But, he wants Carrie to be like Charlotte. And it's also like, yeah, like Charlotte, yeah, she converts to Judaism and everything like that. But that's not a fundamental to her personality. Harry no, loves her no matter what. It's a cultural thing. That's totally different. Mm-hmm. Where like... And also, she did that of her own accord. He never asked her exactly. to do it. And he, in fact, tried to break her up over it because he was like, this can never go anywhere because you're not Jewish and I would never ma- want to make you do that. Yeah, he me. didn't like, want her to give something up for herself because she was like, what, this, There's a huge difference. 
Yeah, she was a Protestant. There's a huge difference between wanting somebody to change and not forcing them. And expecting them to. And expecting them to. And also there's a huge difference between one person wanting that change and the other person doing it because they want them to versus doing it because they personally want to. And I, I, I think about that a lot in like the context of my own relationship of like, sure, we might make sacrifices for each other and other people might be like, ooh, sacrifices, that's a huge red flag. You should never have to make sacrifices for the person you love. But it's like... Which I don't agree with at all. I don't agree with that, especially if the other person's not asking me to do it. I'm just doing it because I truly love them and I want to. Yeah, you know it would be beneficial. I think that if you truly love someone, the stuff that they would ask you to change, you realize you need to change it yourself. And and you know what's a good example of that? Without them asking you. I think Steve and Miranda are a good example of that. I don't know, though, because Miranda's always so critical of Steve. The more I think about their relationship, but I, I would I, say that she, I would say Steve softens her. Yeah, but she never returns the favor. Yeah, like she never, she's never accepting of Steve's faults or Steve's like personality quirks. In fact, like most of the stuff that Steve does bothers her in their relationship. Yeah, like she's just such a snarky bitch, always complaining about everything. But, I, but even to be then, clear, this is not a this is not a Miranda hate podcast. No, I'm just no, saying, no, no. in I the context Miranda. of their relationship, I really don't see her as compromising at all. No, but I think it's I don't think it's compromising. I think she learns. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I know what I'm thinking, but I don't know how to say it. Like, I think. Are you saying that Steve makes more room for Miranda? Yes. Like I think he understands s- that she's cold, or like yes, that she is Steve a certain way. Kind of fluxes and flows with Miranda because he knows she's more like steadfast in her ways and they love each other at the end of the day obviously they stay together for a long time until it and just like that but like I think they I think they do have this love for who they are even though Miranda doesn't necessarily she might love Steve but she may not like Steve all the time yeah I think is a, is a which is and a, that's real and I, I mean that's, that's interesting yeah but, okay, yeah, I let's jump know. into the episode. Um, my first question for you is, how many times do you think you've done a full and complete rewatch of the show? Not like casual viewing, but start to finish. Uh, well, since... I would say I've watched it at least once a year. Start to finish. Probably since like 2018. Okay, so like... So, like, five full five. watches. And then I watched... So, my mom and my godmother would watch it together mm. when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, being little and watching, like, season five with them. Because I would just be up. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I would my, just be hanging out. My family never had HBO growing up. Yeah. So like I'm I didn't watch most prestige TV shows until I was significantly older. Yeah. Which is but I, common. Yeah. I would say that I have watched it like between five and ten times. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I I also I didn't really watch it watch it until I was in high school. Mm. Because I would watch it on the reruns on E all the time. Right. And then eventually I just like torrented the whole thing. <laughs> as one does yeah in like junior year or something like that and then i watched it from start to finish and i was like wow this is amazing and then i would watch random episodes here and there just like comfort 
episodes and stuff like that. Definitely, yeah. I think I definitely used to catch them on E! randomly. Yeah, and, like, my mom loves on. the show. But, like, again, we never had HBO, so I really used to only catch episodes here and there until finally I was, like, interested in watching it and got HBO to try and watch it. But, like, to this day, when I hear the HBO sound... I think of Sex and the City. Me too. I think of Sex and the City first. Sometimes I'll think of The Sopranos, but usually it's Sex and the City. I think Sex and... That was my first HBO show that I watched. Yeah, mine too. I... Yeah, I just... I, I would say I've probably seen it, like, seven times through. But yeah. I've probably seen certain episodes like hundreds of times yeah easy like yeah because there are certain episodes yeah. that just are always were always on tv growing up exactly the one where carrie finally breaks up with big and smokes yes. a cigarette and she's like was i really in love with him or was i just in love with the exquisite idea of getting something so unattainable and even like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i just i i love this show i do I love it, it it's so, much. so iconic also watching the edited for TV episodes first and then going into watching the full original episodes. True. Was crazy. Yeah. It was like, holy shit. It's like realizing how much you miss. Yeah. I like genuinely didn't oh expect God. it to be so explicit. Yeah. And I love it. I loved it. I, st- I loved it's, it too. It's incredible. And I love the movies. We love the movies. And I, I, I love a, it yeah. just like that. This is a safe space for all Sex and the City content. It really is. Like, it's so silly, but I fucking... It's just... It I works for me every it. time. Me too. The vision of the opening credits and theme song. I will say this. They definitely knew exactly what they had from the very first episode, and they let us know that. Like, yeah. no show has ever had their shit this figured out from episode one, and, and they never strayed from the course. I was reading something, and it was... Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker hated the first episode. Oh my god, what? She hated the first episode, and they filmed it. I'm shocked. It aired a year later, and in between that, like, when it got picked up, she tried to get out of it. Oh my god, she, she hated was, like, it that she much? She was like, I don't want to do this, I hated it. She hated the clothes, she hated her hair. Well, I hated her hair too. Yes, but... <laughs> she looks better blonde, in my opinion. And she just, I, like, tried to get definitely, out of it. Definitely, but I also just didn't like the short hair. Yeah. Like, I, when you have curly hair, you can't go too short because you start to look frizzed out. Yes. And then she sat down with Darren Starr and gave, like, all her critiques. And they took a lot of that and, like, put it into the show. Thank God. Which is why, like, episode one to two, it, she looks so different. Also, her the apartment in the first episode is so different. I think, you know what I think she might have picked up on? Which is something you and I were just talking about, which is really funny. I think that Carrie is very trashy in the first episode. Yeah, and I kind of like it. I kind of like it too. I love when she's one of my of favorite texts that I've ever sent you is when you were texting me about Carrie Bradshaw, and I said Carrie Bradshaw's white trash. She totally is. I think it's Absolutely. our banner on Twitter right now. It's our banner on Twitter, and it probably always will be because you know what that that it's that true. text is eternal. It's the most true thing that we've ever said. Did you ever watch the Carrie Diaries? Um, no, I didn't either. Because that's... That's the one Sex in the City content I haven't watched, weirdly I just enough. Think it's, I just didn't need it. I just feel like I don't want to know Carrie when she's younger. No. I like when she's kind of... I don't want to... It's not fun. This isn't a character that seems like she would be interesting as a teenager. I would love to see Samantha as a teenager. Yeah. I also love that we're... <laughs> like One of my favorite parts of this episode, and like we'll get to it is when they are all sitting... Like, we're just dropped in. 
Yeah. It feels like it, the world feels so lived in. Their friendship has already existed way before we ever yes, joined. Because they're all the in like moment. their mid 30s. Yeah. I. Um, yeah. I. I love the opening. I love the little too. scoochie dress. Me too. Also, do you know some crazy fun fact? I mean, not fun fact, but interesting tidbit about the opening. What? So, up until season four, episode 12, the opening shows the Twin Towers. Oh, I didn't catch that. And then after 9-11, which is, uh, I think season four was airing when that happened, they re-edited the opening so that instead of the Twin Towers in those shots, it shows the Empire State Building. Oh my god, I never caught that. Yeah, is I, it still like that on HBO right now? Yeah, so the first episode, like the first four seasons has the Twin Tower shots. Wow, they kept the old opening which instead is, of going back and switching it to which the Which I'm glad one. they did. I'm glad they did too. That would have been weird. Isn't didn't Friends do something similar? Something similar. I don't I don't remember I don't know the specifics on it, but they definitely yeah. did something subtle. But yeah, Sex yeah. and the City opening, they have the Twin Towers in the opening and they had to like fix it. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, opening sequence was perfect. Um, the girl in the car full of Louis Vuitton luggage. I love the fake out. They make us think this is going to be our main character. Yeah, and she's very chic. She's very chic. And the guy is not even that attractive, but he made a cool two million a year. So I was going to say, I have the note that the men are so ugly. I agree. And this is a thing people talk about online all the time is that Sex in the City characters will be like, Oh my god, he's the sexiest man in all of New York. And then you show someone who's like the worst <laughs> looking man you can see at a Walmart. He looks like a math teacher. Yeah, guy. and like he not does not look like a way. sexy business attractive guy. No, he... and it's it is always so funny. It is I don't hilarious. Think Big is that sexy? I that sexy? He's not sexy at all. Yeah, the only thing I don't he get really, it. I don't think so either. I mean, I think okay. he's charming. Yeah, he has the charm. And their chemistry is crazy. Yeah. But I don't find him sexy. Me either. Um, so wait, back to the business guy. Yeah. So two million a year, that's four point six million dollars today per year. Jeez. So she's wearing this cute red dress. She goes to the gallery opening. She kinda looks like Portia de Rossi a little. She does. Um, yeah, she really does. It's the skinny blonde nineties of it all. Yeah. Um, so chic. 90s skinniness was on another fucking level. Like, like some of these women, I, and this is not a body shaming moment. I'm just pointing this out. Skinniest, some of the skinniest women I've ever seen on TV. Even Carrie in certain episodes is like yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um. So they meet at the gallery opening and he's like, ooh, do you like it? And I was immediately brought back to Bet and Tina because they met in a gallery. I was like, <laughs> oh, Bet and Tina. <laughs> um, but the downward spiral of this relationship told us everything we needed to know about what kind of journalist Carrie is. Yeah. Because we hear this voiceover, right? And we're like, who? what is this like removed voice that we're hearing during this like, scene? Very like very calm, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But then the rain comes pouring down and she's like angry and there's lightning flashing and just like the drama of it all, the gravitas of it all. Um, told us everything we needed to know about like what this show was going to be about. It's not going to be the picture of a perfect relationship over and over again. Yeah. It's going to be talking about real ass shit that happens to women in the 90s living in New York. Yes. Single woman. It's so open. It's very open. Um, 
So we see Carrie, and she we finally see our protagonist. Oh. And she's talking to the girl that we see in the opening scene, and she snubs out her cigarette, and she just has this messy, curly hair and a ruby ring on her finger. Like, and I like, want to be friends with this girl. This girl is so sexy. She's smoking inside. It's effortless. Uh. She's like a perfect combination of trashy and sexy and that i think that's what i love the most about her yeah it's like she's an it girl yeah she's an it girl she does what she wants this smoking inside i am not a smoker anytime i see someone smoking inside in like a movie or tv show it's just is like it feels like the chicest thing in the world to me that is literally like there's some places in the world where that's still acceptable like i, I just went to argentina for christmas last year yeah. and Everyone was acting like it was the 90s. I mean, inside, outside. Anywhere you go, you're allowed to smoke, pretty much. I love it. Light one up. I... I I start smoking now. You're smoking, era. (laughs) Honestly, I would look good. Anybody looks good holding a cigarette. It is true. It's so crazy. I, I don't get it when people say that smoking is ugly like that is the furthest thing from the truth say what you want about smoking it's unhealthy it kills people it's bad for you it smells bad it makes your fingers smell bad it makes you it makes you look ugly it makes your clothes smell bad say anything you want but don't say it isn't fucking sexy i'd rather watch someone smoke a cigarette than take a hit off a vape yeah ew agreed um okay so carrie's typing welcome to the age of uninnocence cupid has flown the co-op okay we get it like we're in the 90s that is one of the funniest lines in the show cupid has flown the co-op like tattoo that on my fucking face right um i need that on a t-shirt yeah oh my god oh my god we should make merch (laughs) ready when you are (laughs) um so i personally and this is might be controversial or maybe well i'm just gonna say it I don't like when Carrie does the look into cameras from season one. Oh, really? I love it. Oh my god, really? I think it, I don't know why. I think it's so weird. I kind of don't like it, but she looks very Gorgina. She, like, she looks oh, hot. stunning. Maybe I, I like should the, go blonde. Maybe? You have a similar hair texture to her. I think of every time I watch the show, all I think is maybe I should go blonde. But it's also like, think about when Carrie goes brunette in the movie. It doesn't work. Yeah. I think if you got the right blonde, it would look good. Yeah. But it would take some like testing. A, a, messy, a messy blonde. Yeah. It would have to be like... Uh, it's too much commitment. It's no. a lot. Stop. Keep is crazy. I can't do it. I mean, what am I? Gwen Stefani dyeing my hair every two weeks? Oh my God. But... Praying for um, I Yeah. I just... I love. I like the fourth wall breaking. It is a weird... It is weird they have it and then they just drop it out of nowhere. I hope... I wonder if that's one of the things that she provided feedback on. She Maybe. was like, and what is this whole thing with like, look me looking into the camera? I would rather personally just, um, I also think do the voiceovers. I think the first season is much more, not that the rest of the, the series isn't, but the first season especially is really focused on her column. Mm-hmm. And like the True. column is a good lens for each episode. Like obviously it's a storytelling technique. Like that's how it works. Right. But, um, as the series goes on, it becomes less and less relevant and less of a storytelling device and kind of just secondary. And it becomes the the show just becomes more of a melodrama. Yeah. So I think the fourth wall breaking makes sense with the lens of the column. You know what I think 
I think also the thing is we see her typing a lot yeah. in the first season. Like we see her working on the column, talking about the column. We see her like the column becomes like a background character in the later seasons where like yeah. she mentions it from time to time, but really it becomes much more about like, and then eventually and she becomes, she writes the book. She works for Vogue. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like she evolves out of it. And so yeah. in the beginning, it's like everything is about her column because like, that's all she, that's all she's what? doing. That's all she How, really what is she getting paid per word? Oh my God. I think I've seen that before. I think somebody has actually posted an estimate of what she would have gotten in the nineties. And somebody else was like, Okay, so the Manolos and all of the, like, bougie-ass purchases is not adding up. But she's still broke, <laughs> is the thing. Like, she still I, has crazy credit card debt, and, like... Yeah, there are a couple times where we, where we see her put purchase on, purchases on a credit card or tell the cashier to split it between a couple of cards, yeah. I think. Or I, think I feel like I remember her doing that. I don't I'm, know the exact number, but I'm sure it's not much because it was the 90s. I'm Googling. And she also wrote for the New York Star, which is basically the equivalent of New York Post. Yeah. It's like a trash rag. It's not like anything high end. It's not like New York Times level writing, you know? It's like rag. <sighs> anyway. Um, so then we start... Carrie starts introducing us to a bunch of these different bachelors that she knows that she's interviewed to kind of talk about why this might have happened to the girl we see in the introduction who gets dumped by her boyfriend. And the who one she guy she was getting serious with. The guy who plays Capote Duncan <laughs> is so fucking hot. Oh my god, you texted that to me and I was like, oh my god, you would like the toxic ass. Because I recently just started a rewatch like months ago and I was texting you about it. Yeah. And I was watching, and I just watched the episode with Tony, and we were both like, God damn, he's hot. Oh my God. He kind of has like a thick looking head. Yeah. He reminds me of he's a meat from head. Emperor's New Yeah, Group. which is why he's hot. <laughs> um, okay, wait, wait, wait. I googled Carrie Bradshaw salary. Okay. But it's not actually, but in an interview with The New Yorker published Wednesday, Candace Bushnell, the real life columnist who inspired the cultural icon, revealed that she made $5,000 a month penning a column for Vogue in the 90s. Okay. That makes sense. That's actually a lot for the 90s. A month? A month. Wait. The Observer paid less, but I could afford that because of Vogue. I mean, there was a time that writers were getting a Vanity Fair contract for six pieces and $250,000 a year. People valued writing. It wasn't considered something everyone can do. Now, because of the computer, everyone has to do it. So we think anyone can do it. Damn, she She began writing her Sex and the City column for the New York Observer in 94, spawning a book, the series, two films, all that. So she said the Observer paid less. So she was probably making... So with Vogue and... So let's say even if she made two grand a month, writing a column... That's not much. It's not much, but in the 90s... How is she making ends meet? Like, Jimmy... Like, okay, Jimmy Choo's costs, like, $450 a pair. Well, yeah. Then. Well, the thing is, she's making that money. If she was good with money, she would be able to live she, really well. She was but not she's bad good with her money. money at all. Yeah. So that's how she's... That's why we see her struggling. Because it's like, yeah, her her apartment's probably rent-controlled. She's eating Chinese every fucking week. She's, she doesn't cook. She doesn't cook. She, there's sweaters in the stove. <laughs> so it's like... If you she, know, she's kind of reminds me of Lorelai Gilmore in some ways. Oh, yeah. Just indulgent. <laughs> Oh, way indulgent. And but I think you know why that is. Why? Well, we've determined that Lorelai is a Taurus. Yes. And Lorelai is 
for that re- like Lorelai has the like worker bee aspect because she's an earth sign. I think Carrie is a Libra. I I've was think, I was that. gonna say I agree with you on that. And Taurus and Libra are known to be like sisterly in the way that they're like both very indulgent. The only difference is that Taurus is more like hardworking than a Libra. So yeah. They're, they're indulgent, but they can afford to be that way versus a Libra is just like, I'm indulgent and I don't care about that. Yeah. No, I agree. They think like most Libras think talking about money or like worrying about finances is like. I'm looking at, at Screen Rant, and they say she's a Libra sun, uh, Libra sun, and Taurus moon. Oh my god! <laughs> Which honestly tracks. She is. She's so stubborn. She's so stylish. Really she's stubborn. so like set in her ways. But she's usually the mediator between all of her friends. She's the one who strikes balance between trying to find love and have fun and like have it all. And she also is super indecisive about yes. Like, especially when it comes to love, which I have a note about that later. But, okay, let's talk about The Bachelors a little bit. So we get Peter Mason. Yes. He talks about the mid-30s power flip where, like, before the 30s, a woman is, like, in control of the relationship dynamic because she still has, like, a lot of playing power in the world of love. And And a lot of sexual power. Sexual power. And then after 30, he basically claims that, like, Men get all the power because women have less options because most guys settle down before the time that they're 30. So then they start becoming desperate. Um, and he calls that the mid the mid-30s power flip. Men are so scary. And then we get Capote Duncan. Who's so hot. He says, women should just forget about marriage and have a good time. Which is essentially Samantha's... <laughs> Thesis. Right, he's perfect for Samantha. Yeah, I love that they, a spoiler, at the end of the episode, they find each other. Yeah, that that was a good little way to tie the knot because it, make, it makes us understand who Samantha is as a character. If 100%. She, if she's able to do something that Charlotte wasn't able to do, and this is how this guy is speaking about what he thinks a woman should do in a relationship, and Miranda, and I mean, and Charlotte doesn't do it, but Samantha does. It was the perfect way to introduce Samantha to us. And I have a huge note about that moment. Me too, because later I, on, I will get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, okay, and then we cut to Miranda. So this is the first time we meet Miranda, and she. Okay, Miranda looks like a hot dyke. I'm just gonna say she it. looks In so this- hot here. Okay, so I kept watching until I watched a couple episodes after. There is such a downgrade from episode one to episode two. They should have just kept her in power suits. Like, yes. she should have been and corporate also, lawyer. her unmarried. hair looks worse in the second episode. I don't see. And this is what I was telling you before. I think Miranda was the person in this pilot who I understood the least of her character. Yes. She was just cold, very, like, unrelated to the other woman that we saw. And they even put her with the toxic bachelors, which, I mean, they also did that with Charlotte. But I think Charlotte was, like cute and funny about it where Miranda almost fit in more with the guys yeah, in her she's sensibilities so and the shit she said. Nihilistic. And hateful. Where Charlotte is at least like aware that she's playing a game. Yeah. When it comes to dating. Charlotte looked fucking hot too. Oh I wanted God. to kiss her when I saw Charlotte. her in those little glasses. Oh my god. Char- Charlotte is secretly the sexiest one. She is she really is. I have a note about that later in the scene where she goes on that date. Oh I have a I have a long Her note back. Don't start. It's, Don't start. We'll get there. Oh my god. Oh my god. She looked very yeah. beautiful. She looked really beautiful. But I love Charlotte. Charlotte is, has uh as 
in a similar way to Carrie, the older I've gotten, the more I've lo- appreciated Charlotte. Um, honestly, I have mixed feelings about Charlotte. She's a love her hater kind of character for me. Sometimes I feel ah, and yeah. other times I'm like I get annoyed by her. I also think it, uh, and just like that made me love her even more. Aw. But she's kind of endearing. She has moments she where she's very endearing, but there are other times where I get frustrated by her. She I think it's just because feels... for a lot of things I don't agree with yes. the things she says I and definitely the things she believes. don't agree with her a lot of the time. But even then, I feel so... She feels so genuine. Where... Sometimes Miranda doesn't. Sometimes it feels like Miranda's putting on a front. And same thing with Samantha at times. Yeah. Where Charlotte just always kind of feels like she's being very honest. Yeah. And I, 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 I love watching that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I think I think I have more fun watching Samantha. Yeah. Than I have fun oh, yeah. watching Charlotte. But it's just because, like, Samantha does things that... I would do. Yeah. And, and Charlotte is so unlike me in every possible way. The, the two guys who are, like, fatphobic. Yeah. Um, Monsters. They're just such bastards they really are and they why don't why don't these women just marry a fat tub of lard is what one of them said it's crazy they have both definitely turned down women because of stupid shit too yes that's the that's another they're such hypocrites fun part of this episode is that everyone is so hypocritical yeah exactly and like i pray for straight women every day for the shit they go through. Has straight culture changed at all from the 90s? I don't it think it It doesn't seem like it. From the things I see online, it does not seem like it. Oh my god. I um, think it's gotten th- worse. Oh my god. How is that even possible after watching this? I don't know, but I see some of the shit that men say on TikTok. Oh god. And it is alarming. That app is cursed. Also, Most I apps are cursed. re-downloaded TikTok recently. I mean, I just go through a constant cycle where I go on that app like for hours a day and then I don't touch it for weeks and then I go back on it and I get obsessed again. So like, it's kind of a constant spiral for me. (sighs) Uh Um, Speaking of apps and like dating culture and online culture, it's so weird to think that these women are just having meet cutes and getting set up on random blind dates. I literally have a note about that and I'm so jealous. Like, can you imagine if you always met your partner, like, just out in public, you saw a hot person. And you hand them your card. Yeah, or, like, they write their number on a little, like, A napkin. Everybody should just delete apps and go back to the old way, people. I literally, the cell phone is the death of culture. I agree. I am so jealous. Like, I think that's another reason I find this show so comforting and, like, so, like, nostalgic. Because it's not something I ever got to experience. Like, I think it's so romantic and like, or maybe not romantic, but I romanticize it it's in so my head. It's so sexy. Yeah, it is. Just like, wow, I saw that hot stranger from across the bar and they're making eyes at me. Everyone I went over. had to be so much more confident. Yeah. You couldn't hide behind a screen. You couldn't like boof, boof up your personality or anything like that. You just had to be yourself and hope that somebody in the bar would find you hot. And nine, nine times out of 10, they did. Ah. Uh. Oh my god, I, I'm obsessed with that. I just love, I love. I love it. I love this um, show, it's so annoying. So then we jump over to Miranda having her birthday party at this restaurant, and we finally meet Samantha. And she's talking about how she thinks all women should have sex like men, and Carrie's like, Samantha Jones is a New York inspiration. 
She and is. I, she is. And I have a note about her that's just like, I, I have to share it. So we look at Samantha, right? And at the first glance, you're like, oh, she has nice full lips, beautiful face. Like her skin looks flawless. Her hair's a fucking mess. Like she looks like she just rolled out of bed and just like showed up at the restaurant kind of. Or maybe she just got fucked against the bathroom wall and came out uh-huh. looking like that. But then she's wearing this gold and pearl earring on the other side. And it's exposed because her hair is pushed back a little bit. So honestly, she's like a two-face. On one side of her face, her hair is looking kind of messy. Yeah. But on the other side, she has this beautiful honking gold-ass chic earring that's probably from Chanel. And you understand perfect representation of her personality is equal parts messy and chic. Like, that is Samantha. Samantha is trashy doesn't care about it and she's just a fucking flaming hot mess but she has this elegance to her that makes her so like "Mm." it's the same thing as carrie almost because it's just like the trashiness is is what makes her chic because it just feels like it feels aspirational any girl could look like this i think that with a little zhuzhing any girl can look like messy sexy i agree and i think but it's something that comes inherently you either have like i i think that Sure, there's to an extent you can judge, but also like if you have it, some... if you don't have it, you don't have it. Exactly, and also I think Carrie is more apologetic about some some aspects of her trashiness than Samantha is. Yeah, like there's this ep- one episode that's a perfect example when when Carrie shows up at Samantha's job and Samantha's going down on the UPS guy. Yes, I love that episode. Me too. And we and Carrie's kind of judgmental of yeah. Samantha. And Samantha's like, of all people, I never thought you would be the one to judge me. Especially because and it's like, they're the closest. They're the closest. But I think also Samantha felt that Carrie understood her in a way that nobody else did because they both have that aspect of like trashiness to them. But that's the moment where I realized Kat, like... I think I think Carrie's not on the same level as Samantha. No, she I wishes think, she could be, but she just doesn't. Exactly. It's something aspirational. Carrie wishes she could be, but when she sees Samantha going that far to like have sex in the workplace with a complete random stranger who is delivering a package and becomes judgmental over it, I think she realizes like maybe I could never get to the place that Samantha is at. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times we see that kind of dynamic internally for Carrie when she's with Big. Yeah. But in the opposite, where, like, she aspires to be so, like, more prim and proper and, like, respectable. And then she falls into the, like, her trashier side and kind of leans into it. Like, when they go to the dinner party with all of his friends and she knows the cater waiter. And he's, like, showing her his tattoo and everything like that. And they're smoking outside and all of Big's friends are, like, judging her. Also, her relationship with the artist, yes. Alexander, where she just realized, she knows she's not going to, these are upper echelon people that she might have been able to, like, canoodle with or, like, I don't know, just interact with. But I think at the end of the day, she realized she was never going to be the woman he needed her to be. Yes. Like, the woman who would just sit there and stand there on his arm and just, like, let him show her off. Like, yeah. she has a mind of her own. She's a sex columnist. She needs to be with people who understand that she is not a prim and proper woman. She is a modern sex positive woman um, writing in the era of second wave feminism, which is all about like female empowerment and like body positivity and sex positivity. And like, 
I don't think any of the guys she ever dated understood that part. No, of it. and there's, wow. I mean, where I don't, as far as I know, it's not an episode we're gonna go talk about in depth. But like, there's the whole episode, the cast system in season two, which is talking about each girl is having their own weird relationship with like social and economical power dynamics, mm. and like leaning oh into. Oh my god, like, this show was came at the most perfect time. I was gonna say ahead of its time, but no, it wasn't. It was actually came around it in was the perfect right time. on time. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we see this scene of just like Samantha going on and on about how women should have sex like men, and everybody has their own opinion of what of what she's saying. And this is also where I think we get to know Charlotte a little bit better because yeah. Charlotte is set up for us to believe that she's just like this hopeless hopeless romantic from the very first episode. But this is what I was telling you before that I had a note about. I don't think I would call Charlotte a hopeless romantic. No, I, think I don't she, think she's... I think she thinks of romance and love as, like, economical. I No, I just think she's a deeply traditional woman. Like, I think she is deeply entrenched in traditional points of view. And it's just one of those things that's never... She's never going to be able to change. Like, she gets uncomfortable at the idea of um, a guy who loves oral sex... And yes. she also gets uncomfortable with the um, the guy who wants to have anal sex. Oh, she which gets we uncomfortable will talk with about. the guy. Yeah, I love that episode. Me she talks. She gets uncomfortable when that guy um, calls her a whore during sex. You stupid bitch! She, you stupid whore. He he wasn't even saying anything that bad. Like it's just like no, some it's dirty. Just, like, I, it's it's like, like dirty talking. Like it's like normal sexy dirty talk to me at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. As no, someone to me who's too. lived his life as a whore. <laughs> I can say that that's pretty par for the course. We're we're a sex positive podcast, and we're Absolutely. letting y'all know what he said was not that bad. No, I don't find it to be extreme. I think like, and Me I either. think I think again in that scene, some like in that episode when she talks about it, Samantha's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I think Carrie, and it's also funny because you see someone like again. I this this episode we're just kind of like we're talking about the pilot, but we're also just talking about the show. Yeah. Miranda, you see to be more sexually fluid than you expect from the first couple episodes, too. Yeah, that's Like, there's so the true. episode where she's, the guy wants to have sex in public. And when she, the guy wants to have phone sex with her. Yeah. And she's like, and she's, even when she flashes that guy across the alley from her, even though he's, that's not what he wanted. He was flirting with the other person. Oh my God, yes. But she's like, she is. Ex- <laughs> she's kind of a down ass bitch. She's she, a down she ass bitch. Ex- she's a, she's a fucking mean bitch, but she's down to have a good time. She ex- she's explorative. Uh, you know what? And I she honestly- has the hottest sex in the whole show. Wow. You did I, not just say that. I think her and Steve have the hottest sex in the show. What? I think so. I'm mystified by that. I think it's so... Give an example. Oh my god. I'm trying... I can't... I, I'm thinking just as like a... a I think they're okay, dynamic. Okay, next episode, next episode I want you to com- yes. come prepared with But I think they're dynamic mix. being that they are so like at ends with each other a lot of the time. Then when they do finally fuck... They kind of have hate sex. They have... Exactly. Which is why it's so hot. Like it feels like primal. Hate sex is... Is on another level, yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is like, Samantha has hot sex all the time. Like, we know that. Yeah, but it's always just horny it's sex. Horny. It's horny. It's, it's never another dynamic. It's not, Almost like, never. needy. Well, it's, sometimes it is, like, when she has sex with Richard. Oh, yeah. I think she... The only time I've ever seen Samantha be needy is with Richard. Yeah. Where, like, when, like, 
Like when she's jealous and yeah. she's like, you're mine. And they, no, no, that, that, that moment was hot. That moment was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Had. I mean, I think there's a, I think the thing is there's a lot of hot sex in this show. Yeah. I mean, it's called sex in the city. Yeah. You, you told. Yeah. <laughs> but I think okay. even like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Miranda and Steve have the hottest sex and I will come with examples next week. Okay, great. I can't wait for that segment. <laughs> Um, okay, so then we meet Stanford. Um, rest in peace. Oh, uh, we one of miss the best. you. One of the best um, characters on any TV show. I love him so I much. I love Stanford so much. And um, like, pretty good gay representation for the time. Honestly, yeah. Did, and I, I loved his line, um, it's straight love that's become closeted. The only place people can find real love these days in New York is in the gay community. Okay. And he might have so, spilled with that. Especially for a show that is so sex positive. I will say they like, like, look. We'll talk about it. This show did not handle queer things well. It definitely did not. Especially the episode where Carrie was supposed to kiss Alanis Morissette and she made... The the bisexual episode, probably the best episode of TV ever put out. Yeah. And like the trans episodes, like it's it's rough. But I will say one thing they do pretty well is that Stanford never feels like a doomed character. Yeah. He has love and sex and... Fun, just like the rest of them. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole show or storylines, and like I don't think it's one we'll talk about in depth, so I'm just gonna mention it here, is when he meets the guy online, and he's talking about like uh, uh, online sex chat and everything like that, and like the AIM groups and things. Is like that, that when? Is that when he gets he catfished? Goes, well, he goes to the underwear bar. Oh right, right, and right. And he's right. like really self conscious, and it's all these like hunks and everything. But he might meet someone who likes him, and he seems to ha- like he goes, he has a good time. Yeah. Where it's like, especially someone like Stanford, who's not like traditionally masculine or sexy or anything like that. He's never made really the butt of the joke. Yeah. Oh my god, I love his relationship with Anthony. Yeah, I, I, I like Honestly. Anthony. Is, oh my god, I An- love Anthony. Anthony makes me want to punch him in the head, but I fucking love but him. I love he's him. such a cunt. I love him. I, yeah, I, I really love Stanford. I really am appreciative for the, the character of Stanford. Me too. I never thought he was pro- overly problematic. No, Like, no. not in his portrayal of a gay character and a, of a gay man, which in this point in time, it was, like, chic to have a gay best friend or yeah. whatever. And, like, like they're I throwaways. Never, Stanford th- feels like he has a whole life in this No, world. he has a personality, and Carrie doesn't treat him the way most women treat a gay best friend. She actually treats him... Just like a normal friend. She kind of treats him better than she treats her other best friends. No, literally. Like, (laughs) especially like Miranda, for example. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So moving on, we see. um, So, yeah, they're at a bar. They're at a brunch place, I think. Carrie and Stanford. And he's like, don't turn around. But like your ex-boyfriend's at the bar. The loathe of your life is at the bar, he says. So funny. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. I miss Sarah Jessica Parker's chin mole. I do too. I think she was kind of hotter with it. I no, it, it, it made her kind of ugly, but that's what was sexy about it. She felt, again, she felt real. She felt more real. She feels like an extremely beautiful real woman. But it feels very real and carry of her that to get it removed. Yeah. And not to get kind into of like the obsessed whole, with like, like getting the... The conversation of like, oh, a real woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. Like, what does a real woman look like or whatever? But no, Carrie but like, feels somebody like a girl who embraced her in- Exactly. Like, embraced her realness, and so to speak. Later on in the series, we see her around these extremely beautiful, statuesque, unattainable models and things like that, all of the sort. But she still gets the guy. She still gets the guy. 
She's real as fuck. She says what's on her mind. She's a real individual. She like, and not to not to again not to demean the woman, the like models or anything like that. There no. is that whole episode where she dates the male model and she thinks he's going to be like this brainless twit. But he's a but sweetie. he's like, I want to go to school. He's like, I or, think like, I'll move back to Indiana and be a cop. Yeah, that's what he says. Or something. Um, which, like, it's just like very sweet. Yeah. Okay. So Kurt Harrington, a mistake I made when I was twenty six and twenty nine and thirty one. Um, we just need to talk about episode one. They tell us that Carrie is a boyfriend recycler. Which is respectable. She always goes back for seconds and thirds. That's the number one reason I think Carrie is a Libra. She's the most indecisive bitch I've ever seen on TV. And it just like sets up the whole rest of the series where she's going to start this 10 year situation ship with big so fucking annoying and with aiden she goes back and forth between guys over and over and she hasn't stopped if you've seen the trailer for and just like that season two no spoilers no spoilers there might be people who haven't seen it and don't want to get spoiled so we're not going to go any further than this boo watch the trailer okay should we just tell them yeah it's been out for like a month already okay I don't know. I feel bad. Well, we'll put a warning in the description. Yeah, spoiler warning for the end, just like that trailer. Okay, Carrie kisses Aiden Ugh. multiple times. Multiple I'm so times. excited. And just by the fucking way, this is a Team Aiden podcast. This is a Team Aiden podcast. And if you don't know that by now, you haven't fucking been paying attention. We mention it like two times per episode. This is an anti-big podcast and pro-Aiden. If I ever see big again mm. on no Mm. no no he better not well he's dead so he's not coming back but i swear to god if he comes back in some kind of flashback i I will kill i'll be i'll be really be pissed off um enough boyfriend boyfriend recycler carrie okay so he's like carrie no no do not go over to him i'm begging you please (laughs) she's like what do you think i'm a masochist like yes bitch you fucking are a masochist but anyway (laughs) i love her Stanny is literally all of my friends anytime I've ever taken an ex back. They're Fuck. like, I can't clean this mess up for a fourth time. Like, that it's is just, so... <laughs> but also, sometimes you have to just go back. Sometimes you have no other option. I love it. Um, <laughs> I hate Carrie's hair at this length. The, the frizz is just over the top. She looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but she still looks sexy. She does, there's something so sexy about her, but like the hair is just not giving at all. No, I'm I'm glad this hair does not stay with her. Me too. And Stanford's like waving at her from across the bar. No, no, get away from him. I think this guy kind of looks like an off-brand Kevin Bacon. I agree. He also looks like an off-brand. Uh, I've been watching Tony and I have been watching Law and Order, SVU oh. from the beginning. Oh my god, what a commitment. I know. Well, just like very casually. Okay. And in the first season, there's a character, Brian Cassidy, Mm. played by Dean Winters, and this guy looks like off-brand him. Interesting reference. Okay. That's just like, I was like, wait, is that the same guy? And it's not, but they they look similar. Okay. I'm following. But I don't find this guy that sexy. Again, it's the smoker, smoker in him. Yeah. Like I, I think that's the only sexy thing I see about him. Just like the, the rugged, like aspect. Again, of just, yeah, like, he's very nineties. She takes a hit off his cigarette and passes it back to him, and he's just like, he's back in it. He's like, damn. Yeah. I, I'm back in it. He wants her, 
And she goes back and sits down and Stanford looks like he wants to kill her. He And then he's she's like, don't worry, it's research. And it's like, <laughs> bitch, oh my God. Is this brunch a write-off now? I know, right? She's like, okay, I'm going to expense it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so then we immediately cut to them having sex. And he, he he's obviously goes down on her. And then when he comes back up, she's like, He's like, it's my turn now. And she's like, sorry, I have to go back to work. She's like, see you later. <laughs> so, so iconic. It is. I fucking love this crazy bitch. I almost knocked over my mic. Oh my God. I did I was wondering what that noise was. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. But yeah, so um, she's like, she's feeling her slut self. Yeah. And she's like, anyway, I have to go back to work. And she's like, I'm so confident. I felt so confident. I felt so like sexy um, I felt like a man and she's wearing this little black dress oh, and no bra so and then hot. her purse falls and we real like all the content spills out and she has like condoms and a tampon and just like random ass shit, a, a lipstick and a very relatable purse. I feel very like. bu- true. And of course, who bends over to help her pick her shit up, but big oh. and he hands her the condoms and she's like, okay, thanks. Bye. And he's like, Bye. And she trips over her own two feet. Her, like, this is not a classy bitch. This is not no, a classy but bitch. The, she's sexy, but she's not classy. Her stumbling is so cute. It's very real. It's endearing. Yeah. It's endearing. She's not a classy bitch. She's a, she's just kind of a klutz. It's just so <laughs> cute. I'd like, yeah. I love, I will like, I hate big, but I love this scene. I do too. It's, this is a meat cute if I ever saw yeah. Um... So then we cut to her in her apartment and her hair is tied up. And she her hair actually looks cute tied up. It looks much yes. better up than it does down. I agree. Like the, the little like dangly hair is like in the back of her neck. That's what I love about having short hair is when you put it up, you look like this cute like kind of. Yeah. Or just like unkempt. There's yes. something very unkempt about having short hair. It's, it's like just very like, whatever. much like I can't... I'm wearing like a white linen button up. Yeah. It's like coastal grandma kind oh, of. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So then we talk about Skipper a little bit, and and honestly, <laughs> Skipper's like annoying. Skipper annoys me. He's like the classic nice guy. Like, oh, women don't like me because I'm nice. Pity me. Feel bad for me. Why am I not getting laid? And it's like guy. I dislike Skipper until I see Skipper interacting with Miranda, and then I'm Team Skipper. He kind of reminds me of a young Tom Hanks with long hair. Yeah, he does have a Tom Hanks adjacent face. Um, it's like boyish. So she- He's like, Carrie, don't you have any friends that you could set me up with? And she's like, mm, not your age. And he's like, that's fine. I like older women. Same. Okay, I'm officially <laughs> Team Skipper. <laughs> um, Carrie, and then Carrie is like, says something so shitty. She's like, I just knew that Miranda was going to hate Skipper. I think she was going to think he was an asshole because he's too nice. And it's like, why the hell are you setting him up with her then? Messy. She's messy. She needs the column. I love her. Um... So then they all go out to this bar called Chaos and we see Miranda talking to Skipper and she calls him Skippy (laughs) and they're talking about how there's nobody in the bar who weighs over a hundred pounds and Miranda says that. Yes. And then Skipper agrees with her and she's like, that's funny. Anyway, she, she just wants him to shut up. She's like, I'm allowed to bad mouth women, but you're not allowed to. 
And she also says that she has this theory that men hate pretty women because they rejected them in high school. And I'm like, interesting. Is that why you also hate them, Miranda? Literally, it's like the amount of internalized misogyny in Miranda is really alarming. It's very alarming, but it's also very much giving closeted gay women. I would say Charlotte and Miranda are the two most misogynistic of the four. I totally agree. I totally and completely agree. And in such different ways. It's it's the traditionalism in Charlotte that makes her act like yes. that. Miranda just hates herself. Yeah, exactly. Where like Samantha's like, just do whatever, bitch. Samantha is so pro-woman of all kinds. Yes. She's pro everything. I've never seen somebody more openly liberated and like happy about it. And it makes Samantha. sense that we she's the one that we see explore queer relationships. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that. Like we are definitely going to be talking about that episode. And even just like, I mean, we'll talk about that episode and like her relationship with Maria, but also Mm -hmm. like, she's the one who explores non-monogamy and multiple partners and threesomes and all of this stuff. It's like, she tries everything. She explores non-traditional relationships. Yeah. She says that literally. And it's just like, (laughs) it's so nice to see her see a character like that, not be a villain. Yeah. Yeah, although I think a lot of times she is set up to be the foil for some of these other characters. Like sometimes she's put, she. oh no, not sometimes, almost always. She's Miranda's foil or Charlotte's foil. Yes. Carrie and her are always two peas in a pod, but then you any episode that is Miranda or Charlotte heavy, we see Samantha be basically the villain or like the opposite. And then at the like, end of the day, I think a lot of the times in those episodes, so we see Samantha kind of be right. Yep. The, and that's why I love her I so much. I think the plot, the story is on Samantha's side. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though in t- like she is kind of an antagonist sometimes, the overall story is on her side. You know why? And the point so, of view of the show is on her side. I think that they get frustrated with her because the times where she is right, they wish she was wrong. Yes. It's kind of like the whole, the whole book he's just not that into you. Yeah. Remember when they have that conversation about he's just not that into you with Berger? Yes. Um, and Miranda is like shocked that such a thing could be true. And she says it to another woman and the women are like, you bitch, why the fuck would you say that to me? And it's just like, it, it reminds me a lot of like how Samantha will like try to teach them the lesson that they really need to hear. So they don't, the minute- they, so they don't get hurt. Right. But they don't listen to her and they end up getting hurt. I think that's why they hate that aspect of her so much is because the times where she is right, it's like the most painful. And then, but even then it's like when she knows she's right and she's proven right, she very rarely does the, I told you so. She always comforts. Yeah, she's not an I told you so bitch. She's like, I'm sorry that you had that, but let's move on. And she's also the oldest one. Oh my God. I love her so much. I love her so fucking much. She's like a good chunk age uh, older than them. She is, but it's, like, only talked about, like, once Rarely. in a blue moon. Rare. Like, it's talked about, for sure. But it's, it's not, she, like, completely That's why she ignored. feels so much more lived in, and, like, she's learned the lessons already. That's why she's more confident, too. Yes. I will say this. Older women are usually more confident. Yeah, which... The ones who are... No, the ones who are sex positive. The ones who are, like, insecure about the fact that oh. they're getting older are almost never this confident. I... I love... I love Samantha. We only see her be insecure about her age like a couple of times. Yeah, and it's really, it's like very specific circumstance. Um, okay, so she says to Carrie, that guy's the next Donald Trump. And you know what? She spilled because she's pointing at Big. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he's a prick and 
It was like a, a jump scare. Yeah. We were like shocked to hear her say that. At the time, that might have been a good thing. Now it's a bad thing. And thank God it's a bad thing because he's no longer a character that we would think positively about. Yeah. And so like, fuck him. I agree with Samantha's assessment. She was ahead of her time with that. Um, Samantha is the blueprint for go through the world with the confidence of a basic white guy and you'll get everything you want. It's And it she, works out for her. It works for that. It works for her every time. She behaves like she has the confidence of a man and it gets her what she wants almost every time except for this time because Big doesn't want a woman who's too sex forward and no. that's I think a huge part of the reason why her his relationship with Carrie was so acrimonious because like he felt conflicted about the fact that he found himself attracted to a woman who was anything like Samantha. He shut Samantha down so quick. Yeah. She was she's like whispering in his ear like, mm, like you want to go downstairs sexy. and fuck? Yeah, she's really sexy. But I think he felt a moral objection to the idea of dating a woman who was so sex forward and that's why the conversation he has with Carrie later on in his private car of like I'm writing a sex column about women who have sex like men and he's like, "Oh, I get it. You've never been in love." And that's when we learn that Brutal. Big is supposed to not be like the other guys that Carrie has been telling us about in all these episodes. And guess he's, what? He's worse. He's worse because of the fact that he wants Carrie to be this perfect, prim and proper woman the way Charlotte is. Yeah. Oh, I hate him. Oh my God. I could talk about this for hours. I hate him so much. And guess what? We will. We will. Um, okay, so then we jump over to Charlotte. And she looks so beautiful. She's so stunning. Her hair is immaculate. The dress looks perfect on her. Her back is exposed. Her hair is tied up in this perfect, chic little style. Like, she just looks smoking hot. Like, damn. Yeah. Wifey material. So stunning. Wifey material. So sexy. And the guy's, like, really into her. And she's into him, too. But she's playing hard to get. Because, again, she is the more traditional, the more protective. And he looks sexy, too, here. He kind of looks hot in this in this outfit. Like I'm very not gonna suave. Lie. Like he, yeah, very suave. He looks like a perfect gentleman, but he's really not. He just wants to get laid. And you and know what? He's valid for that. He's valid for that. But I that's not Charlotte's style. No, I literally have the note like when they go back to his apartment and she, he like comes on to her and she's like no and he's like okay I'll get you a cab. He like doesn't pressure her. Right, he doesn't pressure her, but at the same time he's like I'm getting my dick sucked. Yeah, he's like I want to get laid. Like there's no and I don't I like I can't say I haven't done this exact thing. And, and kudos to you. I, I don't hate him for it. Yeah. I just think Charlotte. I understand why Charlotte's turned off by it. But also Charlotte should have realized maybe not every guy is going to be okay with the hard to get hard to get act. Yeah, it's done. It's not a one to one. I also am like, bitch, you should have fucked him. He's hot. He showed you a good time. You're but that's not who she is. But you're, and the, uh, the, I'm like, the purpose of this I moment know. was to show us that. But I'm like, you know? come on. Like, have she's some different fun. from but the person who does go home with him is Samantha. And that's the difference between them. And I think my favorite shot in the entire episode is in that scene. Charlotte is too obsessed with the hard to get with the games. Yes. Charlotte is a game player. And like Miranda is not. She likes a straightforward guy. Samantha yeah. is not. She likes, she just goes for what she wants. Carrie, Lo- I think. Carrie likes the games. Carrie likes the games because she is good at playing them. Yes. She's better at that. She's better at it than Charlotte is. I think Charlotte thinks she's good That's at it, but clearly she's not. That's because she's more sexually not. liberated, so she has more chips to play with. 
I think so, too. And she knows that, like, okay, if I don't get this guy, it's not the end of the world. Charlotte does treat it like it's the end of the world when a guy isn't interested in her because... Charlotte treats every date like it's a marriage proposal. Right. She treats every date like it's this high-stakes thing, like, oh, my God, he could be the one. He could really be the one. And Carrie's just like, I'm here to have fun. If this guy wants to tango, let's do it. And if I don't end up having sex with him, it's fine. I'll move on to the next. But Charlotte truly treats every guy like he could be the one. Yes. It's a little obnoxious at times. No, I, I agree. Um, but I, I like that he's like, he just gets in the cab. Yeah. It's so funny. He's like, it hey, is I funny. need to have sex. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, I didn't realize a guy would say such a thing. And to me. I, I think to she's so taken aback by how forward he is. Yeah. Like she can't, she's honestly stunned speechless. He kind of gagged her. Yeah. And then um, he's walking in as Miranda and Skipper are walking out. Right. And then they hook up. They hook up. And I don't get the whole Skipper thing. I think he's yeah. even worse than Steve. Like, Steve is a nice guy. Yeah. Skipper is like the... Steve has, like, a personality that you, like... Yeah. You're rooting for him. Yeah. And, like... Which is... Why does Miranda always go for these pathetic guys? I'm sorry. Both of them are kind of pathetic. Yeah. Like, I, I know Steve is the nicest boyfriend and everything like that. Maybe other than Aiden. Yeah. But I always kind of thought Miranda was dating below her league with Steve. I think so, too. I think the reason she dates losers is because she thinks she's a loser. She's very insecure. She has no confidence. She has no... God. You know, I really want to pay more attention to Miranda. I, I think I might try to make like do a little bit more of a rewatch yeah, for this. Yeah, I think even I'm going to, too. I think even though we're only watching specific episodes, like this conversation is really making me want to watch it yeah. like, more in depth. And like, I just feel like sometimes when we, we when we do talk about the specific episodes, we're missing some of the context and it makes it kind of hard to relate. I've seen it so many times that I'm fine. Yeah. But just like this conversation is making me think like, I kind of want to pay more attention to Miranda on this rewatch. She is such a, just she, she's such an interesting character. She is. And I, my mom and I have always long said she does not fit in with the others. No. And I kind of hate it. I can't kind of hated her. Yeah. Most of the time. She's the hardest one to like. She's very unlikable. But I think there's also this opinion, like public opinion, not my personal opinion, that anybody who hates Miranda doesn't realize the whole purpose of like her friendship with Carrie. And that's not true. I totally get why she yeah, and I Carrie just think have a good she's friendship. insufferable sometimes. She's just insufferable. I don't enjoy... Most of the time, I don't enjoy her scenes. I but agree. Anyway, so we jump over to Samantha, and we see Samantha going home with the guy who Charlotte was supposed to end <laughs> up with. <laughs> um, and the thing is, she tells the guy that she really wants to see the same painting that he used to get Charlotte back to his place. Yeah. The thing is that this is, and I have this really long-winded opinion about this, so just bear with me. Please. I am of the opinion that Samantha is just as cultured as Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Cares just as much about art and society and knows as much as her. Not cares about it, but knows as much. But she's more willing to fuck. Yes. And so at first we think she's upset over him basically telling her that she can't sleep over. Yeah, she has this... Because she, she almost has, has look a, on her face. Yes. No, it's not a sad look, though. No, it could she be read is, that way. I have the same exact note. She is just reverent of the feeling of a guy going down on her. Mm. And I think when her face changes from that look into a smile, it's so devious. It's so important to her character, too. 
this is one of the best characterizations I've ever seen on a first episode of Absolutely. a show. Ever, ever. It so we, easily could have been read as her being sad. If And if you haven't seen the show before, you probably would read it that yes, way. Yes, but the but, fact that you have the context of her character and everything she's done in the rest of the episode, is she's just... Oh, just the fact that she goes high with she goes home with the same guy that Charlotte was with, and for Charlotte it was a no. Charlotte was like, "I'm gonna play the mind games. I'm gonna play hard to get." It got her nowhere. Samantha goes home with the guy, but the thing is, she doesn't care about the games, and she doesn't care about a relationship. She doesn't even care about later that night. She wants to go home and sleep in her own fucking bed, but she wants to have sex, and that is exactly, exactly, exactly her character. She's so much more in tune with her, her like wants and needs, yeah, and her innate desires. Yeah. Which is why she seems so much more well-rounded. Oh my God, and then, I love her with so a, much. With a character like Samantha, being that we, she is this sex forward, like everything, like she's so in tune with herself. Then when we see her falter or have these relationships that don't succeed and we see her upset, it's so much more heartbreaking. Yeah. Because, because then we're she... like, she, oh no, she really... She wanted this, she wanted more, and that she wasn't given that, and she was mistreated. So it's so much sadder, where it's like, yeah, when we see every episode, we see Charlotte going on another bad date. It kind of loses its edge. Yeah, and I don't feel bad for her, because... She's setting I mean, herself up. Okay, I mean, I do kind of, like, I don't want people to think I'm this heartless bitch. I understand that it hurts to get your heart broken, and, and I... But at the same time, like, she's the person who's playing all these mind games. Charlotte you know what I mean? Plays and I think so, so I would say Samantha has a lot of similarities to the men in the show when it comes to like sex and kind of free free will and free love. Charlotte has just as many similarities with the men when it comes to like the mind games. Yeah, but and you know what else? I think that her relationship with Harry is the perfect example of that. Yes. Because for once it's a woman who is I think <laughs> Like, I think it's always the guy who's like, oh, this woman is, like, too ugly for me. And he has really unrealistic standards. Like, she could be the perfect woman for him and, like, sweetest personality, maybe even good in bed, just makes him happy. And he's, like, finding every reason not to be with her. And then in her relationship with Harry, she's like, oh, he's bald. He's a little overweight. He's kind of corny. He has a hairy back. But, like, he makes her the happiest she's ever fucking been in her life. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. She learns a valuable lesson. She learned the most valuable lesson of all, which is that mind games don't work. Love is some love goes beyond the mind games. Love is going to trick you and is going to be unexpected. Yeah, you can't play a mind game to find the love of your life. And she fi- figured that out with Trey too. I think like, oh my god, Trey is the perfect guy on paper. He's handsome, rich, romantic. Um, he does these grand gestures. He has a perfect family and upbringing, but the sex sucks. He can't even like. Mm. so like okay so where did all that get you right charlotte you were so obsessed with finding the perfect guy and it didn't work and now you really have found the actual perfect guy but because you're so obsessed with this image of perfection and have this ideal image in your head of what your man is supposed to look like you're overlooking your true love i also do love that in this in the show it's charlotte that goes through a divorce Yes, because it's so much more poignant. It's like any of the other characters, of any of them, I was expecting it to be Miranda. Yes. <laughs> I thought and again, Miranda would be the Miranda first. being the one that has a kid first. Oh my God, it's so ass backwards. And then Charlotte, like constantly getting upset with 
with Miranda about it. Like, there's this one episode where they're talking, and Miranda's like, oh, God, I'm having such bad morning sickness today, blah, blah, blah. And she complains about the pregnancy. Yeah. And Charlotte is giving her this look like, if you say one more bad thing, I'm going to kill you. And yes. Miranda's like, I didn't want to get pregnant, okay? Are you going to hold it over my head forever just because you're, like, barren or whatever the fuck? Fuck. <laughs> She's but it so, is, like, she's so cold. Miranda is very cold. Which, again, is necessary. Some of the shit she says rubs me the wrong way. It's crazy. It's actually, she's out of pocket a I lot. Hate her. I hate her sometimes. She's I the really most do. out of pocket. Mm-hmm. More than Samantha. I don't get why they freak out about some of the shit Samantha says. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, most of it is just related to sex. Miranda says things that are actually hurtful. Samantha's like, blunt. Okay. Miranda's mean. Yes, that is exactly it. And not Samantha's not even blunt. She's just honest. Yeah. I think honest about sex, though. Yes. And, like, her <laughs> personal of, relationships. Like, and her personal relationships. Like, she, she would never go up to somebody who's having a hard time getting pregnant and be like, it just, oh, God. I, <sighs> and she weaponizes her bluntness and, like, kind of her, like, the episode I think of is when they go to the baby shower yeah. And Charlotte learns that their friend is stealing her baby name. And she tells Samantha this. And Samantha's immediate reaction is, you fucking bitch. We're leaving. <laughs> like, she immediately Wait. uses her kind of, like, standoffish, like, strong attitude for her yeah. friends. Yeah. And you know what? Miranda uses it against her friends. Yes. When she's trying to tell them that they're wrong. Yes. She does like, not. She is a know-it-all, like, I told you so kind of she bitch. She does not you know believe what? that people know what's best for them. She knows best for them. She does that. The number one person she does that with is Carrie. Somebody yep. on TikTok was saying that Miranda is like, um, I, I don't know if I sent this to you, but when I, I had this epiphany when I saw this person's TikTok, it made me realize that like a lot of the ways in which Miranda behaves towards Carrie is like possessive. Yes. And I think... And this is just me going overboard, and this is a huge reach. But usually, like, a closeted lesbian, or just a closeted queer woman in general, will be very possessive towards a friend, because they've never had, like, a female relationship before. And so for them, sometimes their friendships take the place of a relationship, and it's one of their first ways that they can understand what a relationship with a woman would actually be like. A lot of the ways that Miranda behaves towards Carrie is like a possessive, toxic girlfriend. Yes. Oh, I 100% agree. But like the TikTok wasn't reading it in a queer lens, but it just kind of highlighted some of Miranda's behaviors, especially like when Miranda gets like annoyed with Carrie about Big and like is super harsh about like Carrie going back to him and Carrie changing for him and Carrie like cheating with him. Like one me- one memory I have of this specifically that has always stood out to me is when he calls her on the phone and leaves her a message and she immediately calls Miranda and is like, will you dissect this with me? Like, what did it mean? I can't believe he called me. Like, can you believe he called me? And Miranda's like, she's like, what should I do about it? And Miranda's like, I think you know what you want to do about it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be calling me right now. Yes. And she's right. She's absolutely right. It just shows that. But, ugh. I get that it's hard to be supportive of your friends when they're when they're in a toxic relationship because you just want them to see it yeah. the way you see it and snap them out of it. But I don't know. It's uh, easier said some, than done. It's something so off about the way Miranda treats Carrie. None of the other girls treat her the way Miranda does. It's, sometimes it's like overprotective. Sometimes it's possessive. Sometimes it's 
almost like motherly in a way. Like, you shouldn't do that because it's bad for you. You shouldn't do that because you're going to regret it later. No, I told you so. You shouldn't have done that. Blah, blah, blah. Now you learned your lesson. Sometimes and it feels a little bit envious. Yes. Envious is definitely it's all, it's, It could be a little it. envious of just like the life that Carrie has built for herself and like the confidence in herself and her sexuality that and I just don't I, think also Miranda I, has. And I also think Miranda pities Carrie sometimes. Like, for example, when she moves to Paris for the guy, she's like, yeah. she actually goes so far as to enable Carrie's most toxic ex to go to Paris and bring her back to New York. That is not, she did not do that for Carrie. No. She's never been supportive of big, people might look at that and say, whoa, that was so out of character for Miranda. The really, really, the thing really is, true, is It isn't. It isn't. It's perfectly in character for Miranda because she just cares about care, having Carrie close to her. That's the only reason she sent Big to New York. I mean, to Paris was to get Carrie back. It wasn't because she actually supported their relationship in a real way. For me, that moment was in character for Miranda as a possessive, controlling friend. She I wanted agree. Carrie to realize that she didn't belong in Paris and she belonged in New York. She wanted to keep Carrie close to her. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Anyways, okay, um, so then everybody leaves the bar, and Carrie's like, I'm going to have to walk home. It's like, bitch, um, you, you tried to hail one cab, and you didn't get also, it. Also, you and live I, in New York City. Get on the, the subway. Take the subway. Get a, take the bus. Like, Be fucking serious. Fucking walking home. She's so, like, <laughs> overdramatic. So I love her. I love her overdramatic ass fucking saying, I'm going to walk home from this bar right now. Like, who the fuck? Oh, I love her. So, but then Big pulls up in his car, and I've, is it just me or I found this moment so weird? I would not be getting in this man's car. Like, why the hell would he say to her, so what have you been doing lately? Like, you guys talked for two seconds on the street. This is not your friend. You like, don't know each entire, other's first name. This entire premise of this conversation and the idea of her getting into this car is just completely ass backwards. I don't understand I don't it, it at all. Maybe it's a 90s thing. Like, oh, she kind of knows the guy, Maybe. and he helped her pick up condoms off the streets. So, like... He can't be that bad, right? I don't know. But he um, thinks she's a whore. He thinks she's a whore, and she kind of looks like one, honestly. Yeah, she looks good. <laughs> um, she, he, she's like, I'm talking about women who have sex like men um, for my column. And he's like, but you're not like that. And it's like, how the fuck would you know? She, you, when you first met her, condoms fell out of her purse, and she was just yeah. leaving a guy's apartment that she had fucked. Like, she wasn't giving anything else. Right. And he's like, okay, I get it. You've never been in love. And like, she damn. gets, he, he shells he her. her. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was shocked. Um, she, like, she literally says she felt like she had the wind knocked out of yeah. her. Um, I hate his stupid smile. I just want to punch him in his fucking face. <sighs> I hate him so fucking much with that fucking, ugh. Yeah. Self-righteous smile, that cocky attitude that he has when she asks him, so have you been in love before? He's like, Absolutely, bitch. I will. But like, look, him saying absolutely. I want to pound his face in so bad. Him saying that is so iconic. I hate him. Oh. That is like one of the most iconic lines in the show. Absolutely. If you don't like, close that, he's so charming when he says that in the most like dirty, slimy way. Why does that kind of work? It works. That's when I, that's when he's sexiest. When he's so confident. It pisses me off. He's such a Sagittarius. Yeah. And she just looks, she looks stunned. 
she's just like she doesn't know what hit her i love it and that's the end her boobs are sitting oh my god this whole episode um this is a perfect pilot perhaps. it really is it's like it feels like the show had been going on already yeah it feels like we got dropped into the beginning of the second season of a show it was so perfectly in the middle all the relationships are so established yeah you get such a good read for everyone all like pretty much yep even big you get from like the very like the three scenes he talks in Mm -hmm. you get such a good cigar smoking um next donald trump cocky ass private car he knows his driver's name he has like a random woman off the street i hate him so bad Okay, I'm changing my ringtone back to the Sex and the City theme song. I love you. I think you should do that. I My current one is the Will and Grace theme song, and it has been for years. Unchanged for years. Um, the Will and Grace theme song is top notch. It is so like, good. De- definitely in my top 10 ringtones. I mean, theme songs. But I think while we're watching Sex and the City, I'm changing my ringtone It back. just brings me such joy. It does. It really, it just has that like New York feeling. Yeah. You know? It feels it's like so I'm New walking York. down the sidewalk. Oh my god. Ah! Wow. Best Perfect show pilot. Ever. I'm so excited to keep talking about it. Me too. So for the next episode, are we doing one of mine or one of yours? I say we let's do one of yours. Okay. So, so we're gonna my start number- strong. Okay, we're gonna start really strong because my number one episode that I put is gonna sh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I can't wait to talk about it. Okay. Um, I really would recommend for y'all to watch along for this yes. for this season. This one uh, is so much fun to watch. Okay. Season three, episode 11, Natasha comes home to find Carrie and her and Big's apartment. Oh my God, bitch. You guys need to watch this episode. You need to watch it. Whether you're a fan of the show, you're not a fan of the show, and you're just listening to our podcast, watch this episode. Please watch this episode. Please watch this episode. We are so over. We need a new word for over. Ugh. Oh, fucking God. Goodbye. Oh. That is it. Please watch. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Love you all. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. He's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.